0: Hello and welcome to Future Groove. I'm your host, John Harris. For decades, schools sorted students based on a rigid idea about aptitude. Young people were either college-bound scholars or vocational tradespeople. On this episode of Future Groove, we talk with Stacey Cabrera and Kelly Cooper about programs underway that upend an outdated approach. We'll talk about a growing movement and communities of educators spotlighting how makers and doers enhance academia as well as the workforce. Our guests tell us why intertwining career technical education with an advanced placement capstone project equals success for college credit, university admissions, as well as a solid foundation for the world of work. Well, welcome uh, Kelly Cooper and Stacey Cabrera to the Future Groove podcast today. Today's uh, content is really focusing on opening opportunities for students and a little bit of background probably is necessary. And so Kelly Cooper is here with us in this episode of the Future Groove podcast and she uh, When I think of Kelly Cooper, I think of a highly effective thought partner, and everyone uh, should be able to identify thought partners that they have in their life to think through things in order to have different perspectives other than just the one perspective that you have. Kelly's career has focused quite a bit on higher ed uh, in the community college space, and my career has focused primarily on K-12 But we've had very, very similar approaches and uh, passions about opening opportunities for all students, giving them the experiences that uh, in education that help them uh, develop deeper thinking skills. And um, as we talked about different things, we started to kind of notice that uh, we still in education seem to be sorting kids out between sort of a vocational track and an academic track. And if you get sorted into that hands-on, oh, not every kid's going to college uh, bucket, then there seems to be certain opportunities that you could really benefit from, but they're not exactly available to you because of, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say this, but the gatekeeping that goes on in uh, preventing those students from approaching those. So, Kelly and I had a conversation not too long ago where we started exploring some possibilities that are not so traditional. And Kelly, can you kind of take us back there to that conversation?
1: Sure. One of the items that came up to our dismay was the separation of students who will attend AP advanced placement courses and students that will not attend AP or advanced placement courses. That was kind of part one. And then part two was, are those students in CTE, career technical education courses? And for the most part, they seemed to be divided. Parents anecdotally have an expectation for their children to attend advanced placement courses as a competitive advantage, potentially for attending college or for attending university. A bit of a leg up with their grade point average as well as hopefully, acceptance policies at universities. However, not all students have been prepared to participate in advanced placement where there is a lot of expectation regarding homework, um, commitment, consistency. And honestly, a lot of fantastic students don't test well. At the end of going through a full year of any number of academic courses to then not test, in one day determines whether all of the previous year was worth the effort or not. So we talked quite a bit about advanced placement, and then our conversations are always interspersed with career technical education. And one of the things that we discussed was the capstone projects that are required at Downey Unified School District, as well as the UC University of California A through G approval for every active course, That students in career technical education across sectors do complex, thoughtful, critical work. They look at research. They look at industry. They build things. They make things. It might be that they're creating something with advanced manufacturing in mind, or culinary, or welding, or game development. It, It doesn't really matter. Automotive, alternative fuels, and technologies. The work that they're doing is compatible and actually complementary to any advanced placement tests. So this is something we threw around a lot and started to do some research on. Looking at College Board and Advanced Placement, that's where we landed on AP Capstone, which is a series of two courses. The first year is AP Seminar. The second year, AP Research, requires the first year to be complete. And Stacey Cabrera, we found her, resourced her, heard great things around California and really brought her in to help us to implement. And we're thrilled to say that students across all of Downey Unified's CTE pathways can earn two years of AP credit, one for AP seminar, one for AP research. And in addition to those two years, they have great portfolio piece capstone projects, and papers to show to potential universities and potential employers. So I stole the show a little bit from you there, John. I'll throw it back at you, but it's so exciting. We talk about it constantly.
0: That's no problem. And I appreciate uh, the time that we have had to explore ideas around this and uh, think a little bit outside of the box, to use somewhat of a cliched term, but... uh, to take a new approach to opening opportunities for all students and really looking at, you know, what uh, a program like AP seminar and research uh, can provide to our students that like to work with their hands, but clearly at some time in their future, they're going to need to uh, do research about a particular challenge and then uh, present solutions uh, to people and having developed the, the communication skills in order to do that. And so we're going to turn to Stacey Cabrera, someone, a, a huge talent that we searched for and found and feel so very blessed that uh, we were able to convince Stacy to be part of this initiative in rolling this out and including students that uh, generally speaking uh, probably would not have been the first thought on a lot of people's minds in terms of, Advanced placement. Welcome to uh, to this episode, Stacy.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome. Uh, tell us a little bit about you. I uh, know that uh, that you graduated from a high school that I used to be principal at, and uh, and when you came to that high school to be involved in this program, I think you ended up making the comment to Kelly that uh, you you had come home. So. If you can tell us just a little bit about your background, your passion for education and why you're in this field, and then uh, we can hone it down to actually talking about uh, the the series of courses and what this might mean for uh, students that are in career technical education pathways.
2: Well, I didn't know I wanted to be a teacher until my senior year of high school. Uh, Growing up, I wanted to be an animator, funny enough, (laughs) because we actually have an animation program, uh, which didn't exist when I was in school um but yeah my senior year I had some really fantastic teachers and then I noticed that over you know the few years of high school I was mentally logging the things that I liked that teachers were doing and the things that I wouldn't do if I were a teacher and so when I started um my first year of college I started as a sophomore because I was an AP student and took a bunch of APs and was able to use that um, to leverage out of my first year of college Uh, so when I started as a sophomore. Uh, I was already pretty deep into, at that point, an English degree and knew also that I wanted to do philosophy. So two very nebulous, abstract, (laughs) critical thinking based uh, programs that had nothing to do with working with your hands, uh, everything to do with, you know, writing, that that I wanted to pursue a career in teaching as well. So I finished my degree in 2007 uh, went to on to get my credential and then started education as a substitute here in Downey, actually for a little while, and then got a full time teaching job and spent the last 10 years, in essence, kind of building programs. And so I've, I've found a, a good passion in that. I actually think I like the puzzling aspect of putting together the pieces of building and designing uh, programs. So I taught English all through all four uh, years. So I've done nine, 10 and 11 12. I also built a philosophy program along with a club uh, that met weekly. And in, it must've been 2015, uh, the principal at my previous high school said, hey, there's this capstone program that is being implemented across the country now. Do you want it? And I said, of course, (laughs) of course I want that. Uh, I had dreams year after year of having some kind of capstone program for English classes something to culminate the experience of writing and research. And while my research writing has always been very nebulously abstract, you know, philosophies, I I felt passionate about the idea of an inquiry-based model in ed theory. So um, he approached me with that. I got to design that program for the last five years. This is now year six. When I was approached By AP for CTE, with the potential to build a program that would then also supplement for all those students who, like you said, typically don't have that pathway to AP that makes sense with the kind of work based model and project based design that I find really compelling and very strongly support. It absolutely made sense that this program would sit right on top of that kind of work.
0: Great. We'll talk about CTE students in just a little bit in that context, but tell us a little bit more detail about. What the seminar class uh, really kind of takes uh, students through certain paces, and then how that then uh, dovetails into the research class, and then uh, and then we'll connect some of the dots in terms of why this is so important as an opportunity for students that like to work with their hands and are going into certain areas of industry, but this could be highly valuable to them.
2: Right, AP seminar, the first year of the program, really is building an inquiry mindset, uh, which is such a deviation from the typical AP model of here's a bunch of content, narrow the content, learn the content, and then be able to regurgitate it on a test. I know that even through COVID, they started implementing more of this kind of inquiry-based model into their other tests as well. So you're starting to see project-based AP programs, things like uh, AP Studio Art, where they have to produce kind of a portfolio, Um, computer sciences, where they're also producing a portfolio that's based in projects. So there are ways that what they've designed here in AP Seminar and AP Research are starting to now infiltrate into some of the other um, you know, just typical content-based courses. But what's nice about AP Seminar is that it isn't a content course. So you can align it to any curriculum, any content, any inquiry, any specific problem that's being encountered across all kinds of different subject lines, discipline lines. So uh, in the past, I've always taught it as a special topics class. Uh, I've done everything from bioethics to uh, restorative justice to, oh geez, like everything, <laughs> anything I find interesting at that point I get to build, which is kind of fun for me as somebody that likes learning and wants to know stuff. It really is a skills-based model. Uh takes students from the, away from that having to regurgitate content and finding a right answer to asking questions, which surprisingly is really hard to do and to teach, um, how to ask a good question and how to evaluate the question for the merits based in the research that you're finding and how to revolve uh, and reform and evolve that question with what's available. Uh, So AP seminar walks students through first being able to do the critical reading. So reading complex texts, reading technical literature, stuff that they're not necessarily encountering to the same degree in other subject matters, and then being able to evaluate where it's coming from, uh, the authority that it has, how much the evidence actually supports the point that it's making, what that would do in alignment with other research and other literature and other types of literature. Uh, And so then they start having these conversations and I I tell my students, you, you become a mediator, that's your role as the researcher to mediate all of these different perspectives that have been in essence published in isolation, now you are bringing them together and synthesizing the perspectives. So it walks them through all those reading skills and then transitions them to doing those kind of inquiries themselves. So being able to build their own research question, being able to evaluate the effectiveness of their own writing, um, and then synthesizing those perspectives to report, and then ultimately to argue for specific solutions to problems of their own creation.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about the stu- actual student experiences as you've observed students kind of going through this process that they're not necessarily really familiar with because they haven't seen this process in other right um, in other learning processes that they've been involved in in their in their education. and here they come into this uh, into this new realm of looking at things uh, differently. what What kind of experiences have you noticed that they've had or that they've told you?
2: It's fun because for at least the first few weeks, they expect the same kind of mindset where teacher teaches, opens up the brain, throws some content and closes it and sends everybody on their way. Whereas here, I, I take a step back. Uh, there's content that I provide, but for the most part, the content speaks for itself. And then how they want to utilize that for their own inquiry and their own question building is really determined by them. And putting the power back in students' hands, it's... There are, there are some that will flourish with that immediately that want that, and then some will be very averse to the idea of having to navigate, I guess, the chaos. Because really, research is a chaotic process. There's a lot that fails and a lot that you have to then manipulate once that failure happens and having to have that grit and determination to go beyond the, the momentary failure uh, is is really difficult for a lot of students who haven't had a lot of practice, I guess, in failure, which is such a weird statement to say out loud, but it's true.
0: I imagine some surprises and discoveries there, right, for the students.
2: Yes, even just the past six year, you know, six and a half, six years, whatever it's been at this point now that I've been teaching this, um, this, especially with this model. And and what's nice about this model too is it's influenced absolutely everything I do with my non AP seminar classes as well. But being able to Watch just the chaos, of trying to come up with a topic and having to be perfect the first time just never functions. Uh, But I've had students who have had to change complete directions and scrap entire research processes to start over in a different place, given uh, either a lack of information or just dead ends that they're finding. But there gets a point where the light bulbs start to go off and they start to take control and ownership of their learning rather than being passive in the learning process. Uh, which is much easier to do in a content model, I think, uh, especially with a, with the high stakes test at the end where you can be passive all year round. And then, oh, now I have to take ownership in this one day. And this is why uh, for the students who may not be great test takers, there's Uh, Almost a disappointment with that, because even if you were actively learning the whole entire semester, that one day really does kind of derail a lot of effort. But with a model like this, where there is a project at the end that is continually being worked, uh, especially with AP Research, as it's one project through the entire school year, there's ownership throughout the entirety of the process and not just at the end.
0: Tell us about that second year and the research research project that students, after going through the paces in seminar, are now uh, faced with a second year in research. And what does that look like? And what are some of the things that, uh, that students are challenged with in, the, in that class?
2: Yeah, AP seminar is a little bit more limited in the sense that even if I'm creating the content for the first half of our practice series of skills, um by the time they start their own skills the first task they do in a group and they do get to design pretty much the entire inquiry of whatever topic is that they want to look at but even task two the second aspect of their portfolio for ap seminar it's based in seven or eight sources that are determined by college board on a variety of topics Um, and we don't get control over that so it's harder to gauge uh what potential you know uh, interests will be handled or uh, accommodated, I guess, in that particular stimulus material that they give us at around January. But once we get to AP research, they get full control over what it is that they're, they're building. So uh, really helps with um, students who have particular interests that they want to further develop that maybe don't have a space otherwise in their schedule to be able to follow those lines of inquiry further and spend an entire year deeply devoted to that. So we lead them through much more of an interesting kind of mentoring situation where you know, I, my, my background is English and philosophy. I have no science and no social science backgrounds really at all in terms of my own academic background, but most of my students will work in uh, social sciences, anthropological research, sociological research, um, hard sciences, I've had students do lab work in the past where they can utilize you know, resources that they have either through internships or volunteer opportunities or even work-based opportunities that they're currently in. But none of that is stuff that I have a whole lot of access to or a whole lot of knowledge about. I'll just say, yeah, cool, that all sounds awesome and yay, go you. But it's really cool because I, like I said, I get to be kind of a lifelong learner alongside the students and it, it brings down that barrier of teacher, student and that distance that ends up being kind of the the typical classroom model. And we really work together to uh, project manage and design and set up their methodologies and follow those to their ends.
0: How does this really contribute to our students finding their future groove? You know, that place where they're super passionate about it. They're very good at it and they're never working another day of their life because they're really connected to what they're doing And I'm looking for uh, really understanding the value of this advanced placement uh, sequence for students that are in a career technical education pathway.
2: It's a fantastic collaboration. Uh, Most students will find right away in AP seminars, they're looking at literature, that so much of the sources that they're looking at are even published by multiple people. They're not worked alone. Whereas with the testing model, you are working alone, and it is your, you know, your test and your answers that show for the learning. Almost nowhere right, in real, in a real situation in a work life, are you alone responsible for an outcome. Um, so the collaborative model of AP seminar and AP research really gives them that sense that that there is a shared effort, that there isn't a competition necessarily all the time for what they're producing. With AP seminar, like I said, uh, it is a little bit limited in the sense that we follow, you know, a specific content, at least for the practice runs, but that can be tailored uh, to the particular pathways or to the particular sectors of their interest. So it gives them space to not just learn the skills necessary to create what it is they're creating in their CTE pathways, but to be able to think to the problems that they could encounter and then being able to address those problems so that by the time they get to AP research, they're looking at actual industry gaps, gaps in understanding or problems that need to be solved, and then finding ways to synthesize the literature about what's happening in those areas, and then also build something that could potentially solve that issue, even as a high school student, something that they're doing that's almost entrepreneurial.
0: What are you finding that students are discovering about themselves that they may maybe didn't know before they came into the seminar and research process?
2: They are far more resilient. They are far better thinkers when they're given the space to follow Uh, areas that actually interest them and the topics that they care about, they can contribute significantly more than I think people really give them credit for. I've seen some fantastic work. Things that I I never had the opportunity to do even as a college student. So they can do some really fantastic stuff when given the space and creative license to follow it to its end. And they'll, they'll deal with failure too.
1: I'd like to add to that too, that Stacy's collaborating with the CTE teachers across all of or many of the CTE pathways. Her experience and expertise support any questions or nerves they may have about a research project or a research paper, and the way that the high school has set up the multiple pathways, these same teachers really have the sector expertise so that the projects that the students build are also aligned with the priorities of the pathway for that teacher. So as an example, if you have an advanced manufacturing teacher or a robotics teacher or a game development teacher, Stacy can mentor them because of her experience, and then they can also inform and mentor the student regarding what would be a significant research product, what would be a significant seminar paper, that would complement the pathway and really leverage and leap that student in competition for a job or university acceptance. Right. And that is the unique
2: aspect of pairing AP seminar and research to a CTE pathway is that you, in essence, get two for one in a lot of ways because the the teachers can work together in that sense. Um, But also because the type of content that's being learned in one area and explored there. Uh, is supplemented and then supplements the type of research that can be done as well so the the progress is always moving rather than just repeating the same kinds of skills and the same kind of learning year to year there's actual progression of understanding that's happening both within the individual student and also within the process and the um the pathway and the ser- uh, sector itself rather than just continuing to repeat the same you know the same knowledge right that's generally part of a subject-based test
0: and this is a question to both Kelly and to you, Stacy. what are your hopes and dreams with this program, which is still in the early phases of implementation, uh, but in three, three to five years, what would you hope that you would see in this program in, uh, that is supporting CTE students in this uh, AP seminar and research process? I think I want to start with Kelly and then Stacy will will wrap up with you.
1: Our three- to five-year goal is that everyone thinks that we've always done advanced placement in CTE pathways. And we have students that think back and contact all of us saying, here's what I've done with this project. I started a company. I went to a university. I started a nonprofit organization. I became a teacher. That's our three- to five-year goal for for AP4CTE.org, statewide, scale, and then nationwide. Stacey?
2: Yeah, I've I've had lofty goals for student research forever. I would love to host some kind of like a student community of researchers, some kind of conference, an academic conference yearly where they share these projects and learn from each other. Because that's really the the goal of research is not the product and it's not a score. It's not a grade. It's learning a process and being able to implement that process and, and sharing it with the community so that we're working towards a better place rather than simply repeating the same kinds of steps year after year. Uh, my hope is that in three to five years, students will be, you know, sourcing uh, and citing the materials of student work that we've got currently.
0: Well, I believe that our hopes for all three of us is to open opportunities for all students and to bring uh, value uh, to their lives. Uh, that's going to make a difference, uh, when they're long out of high school and pursuing, uh, their future groove in the future. And so thank you for being on the future groove show here today. So good to have you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on the future groove podcast. You can find the show notes for this and other episodes on the Future Groove website by connecting to futuregroove.com. You'll also find links to organizations and resources referenced in today's conversation. You can contact us through the website or by emailing us. Our email address is john at futuregroove.com. We are especially grateful for our executive producer, Kelly Cooper, and our pre- and post-production engineer and studio master, Nicholas Chamberlain, at EveryWord Media. Until next time, I'm John Harris wishing you all the best in finding your future groove.